Hey, what's up, everybody? You're listening to the Enterprise Architecture Radio. If you're thinking about organizational complexity and agility, if you're concerned about operational efficiencies and are thinking of taking it to the next level, if managing innovation is one of your priorities, you have come to the right place. On this podcast, we talk about all of that and more. It's a jungle out there, and we will attempt to navigate this jungle of frameworks, methods, and most importantly, enterprise architecture in practice. My enterprise architecture journey began almost about 10 years ago. When I started doing enterprise architecture, I had no clue what enterprise architecture is. In fact, my introduction to enterprise architecture was through TOGAF. And I remember it was TOGAF 8.1.1 when I gave my first exam. And then I upgraded it to 9.1, and then I upgraded it to 9.2. And since 25th of April, 2022, the new version of TOGAF is out, TOGAF version 10. I've been thinking about giving the exam and I've been studying for it. Uh, so I decided, why not talk about what's new in TOGAF 10 in this episode? I missed the last two weeks, by the way, uh, could not release an episode of this podcast and uh, I apologize. It was just too much work and, and there is a major reorg happening within the organization and I, I don't want to talk about that, but essentially I've been heads down and getting stuff done. So let's talk about TOGAF 10 and what's new. There are a number of YouTube videos that you'll see that talk about what's new in TOGAF 10. And, and in every video, they say that they've modularized it a little bit better. And if you really ask me, there isn't a lot of difference between TOGAF 9.2 and TOGAF 10. They've restructured the document for sure, and they've definitely modularized it a little bit. But uh, when you talk about the content, the content is more or less the same. So let's get started with the details. To begin with, the benefits of enterprise architecture have been better elucidated. So uh, I'll get to how it has been uh, restructured and modularized in a little bit. But if you look at the executive overview of the TOGAF 10 uh, document, if you look at the benefits of enterprise architecture, they've elucidated it much better. Things such as what would prompt the development of enterprise architecture or you know, who would benefit from the TOGAF standard have been written down much better. In fact, another change that I've seen in the document is that the language is a lot more practical, a lot less academic. It feels as if someone is talking to you. There are better examples given. Overall, the language is much better than it was in the previous versions of TOGAF. Now, um, earlier in TOGAF 9.2, there were five different sections or five different parts of TOGAF. Uh, there was the architecture development method. There were guidelines and techniques. There was architecture content framework. There's enterprise continuum and tools. And there was architecture capability framework. The new documentation set is changed. Now they don't have enterprise continuum and tools. So they start with architecture development method. They removed ADM guidelines and techniques, and they've changed it to ADM techniques. Uh, the guidelines section has been moved into a separate section called applying the ADM. The enterprise containment tools has been removed and moved into the architecture content. And the enterprise 
architecture capability and governance is a new section, which is essentially the capability framework. So they've renamed the capability framework to enterprise architecture capability and governance. Uh, they've also added quite a lot of stuff into the TOGA series guide. So earlier in TOGA time point one, the technical reference model and the integrated information infrastructure reference model, which are reference architectures, were a part of the TOGAF body of knowledge. They've removed that in 9.2, and they've started what you call the TOGAF series guide within the general TOGAF library. Since 9.2, they have added quite a few series guides, started with about six or seven series guides initially, but then now there's quite a lot of stuff uh, in it, there's guidance to support different architectural styles, trends, and methodologies. There's support for architecture areas and domains. There's support for standard used with other standards and other frameworks. So how can you use the TOGA standard with other management frameworks, other governance frameworks, and all of that? So there's guidance on that. And, and the focus is quite, there's also guidance on practical applications. The diagram of the structure of the TOGAF standard has been changed as well. There is ADM at the core and ADM techniques, architecture content applying the ADM and EA capability and governance acting as fundamental set around it. So, so ADM is surrounded by these. And then there is TOGAF series guides with the reference material uh, library, which is surrounded by other support reference materials around how TOGAF can be adapted using uh, or based on business capabilities, business vision and drivers and so on. So, so the diagram has changed a little bit, which basically explains the entire uh, TOGAF standard and the TOGAF library. Um, what else, what else? There's an interesting thing that has been introduced into the TOGAF 10 um, that I would like to point out. First of all, there's enterprise architecture services that have been introduced. Uh, enterprise architecture services, are split into six different sections, by the way. So there is enterprise support services, which essentially is meant for the C-level management, uh, which answers questions, essentially provides business intelligence to the senior leaders. There is design support services, which basically caters to program level decision makers. And then we have the development support services, which is meant for project level decision makers. And then we have requirements, elucidation, and understanding services, which is primarily for the product managers. And then we have architecture planning services, which is for project managers and um, architecture team leaders. And then we have enterprise architecture practice development support services, which essentially is the capability framework. So how do we set up an enterprise architecture team and how do we improve it over a period of time and so on and so forth, which are six uh, different level of services. Now, if you look at the first four, they're defined by the levels that we had before. So we have strategic architecture, segment architecture, and capability architecture. Strategic architecture being at the highest level, uh, segment architecture being at the portfolio and program level, and capability architecture at the lowest level. There's requirements elucidation, which is essentially applicable to everything. And then we have internal centric, centric services as well. Uh, so these are enterprise architecture services. Uh, the other thing that they have introduced is what you call the architecture abstraction, an architecture technique for driving a problem area into smaller problem areas that are easier to model. They ask some fundamental questions such as why, what, how, and with what. Why meaning 
why do we want to do enterprise architecture? What meaning what functionality and requirements are going to be met by the enterprise architecture? How is how do we structure the functionality or how do we do the enterprise architecture essentially? And with what is with what assets, with what deliverables, with what artifacts, what work products are going to uh, clearly define the structure. Now, if you look at the Zatman framework, and while the book says that, note that the why, what, how have no connection to the Zatman framework, but if you combine both of these, and if you compare it with the Zatman framework, it is similar. The Zatman framework also has layers like that. It's got at least five different perspectives. If you look at the horizontal layering, the executive perspective, the business management perspective, the architect's perspective, the engineer's perspective, and the technician's perspective. And then as a cross-section, it asks six different questions. What, how, where, who, when, and why? These are the fundamental questions. And when you combine these, what you get is the ontology of the Zachman framework. Now, while Togat says that there is no connection with the Zachman framework, well, the modeling feels very, very similar. All right. So that's something new that has been introduced um, into the core concepts of Togaf. All right. What else? What else? Um, more or less, the content is still similar. Like I said before, some of the, the things have been moved. So enterprise continuum and tools used to be a separate section in Togaf 9.2 that has been moved into the architecture content. So the architecture content, which was previously known as the architecture content framework, now contains within it four things. The architecture content framework, the enterprise meta model, which was previously, by the way, known as content meta model, the enterprise continuum, which was previously known as the enterprise continuum and tools, and the architecture repository, which was previously a part of enterprise continuum and tools. So, uh, so everything has now been clubbed into the overall uh, header called architecture content. Now, the contents within these four heads are still the same. So what was there before in architecture content framework is still there in architecture content framework. Uh, what was a part of content meta model is now a part of enterprise meta model. Uh, what was a part of enterprise continuum and tools continues to be a part of enterprise continuum and tools and architecture repository. Architecture repository by itself has not changed. Um, it still contains the six different sections. Uh, uh, that were there in Togap 9.2. So technically, if you look at it, the content has not changed much. Uh, the ordering and the structuring of the content has changed. Uh, some of the naming conventions have changed, and they've introduced a few new concepts. One of the concepts that, by the way, that they have introduced, which is a part of the techniques, the ADM techniques, is, and, and so, by the way, there was a header called ADM guidelines and techniques, so the real difference between guidelines and techniques as per the TOGAF standard is guidelines are uh, how to use the ADM, how to apply iterations to it, how to change it, et cetera, et cetera. So they've moved that as a separate section called how to apply the ADM, right? Um, and they've kept techniques as techniques. Now, techniques are different from guidelines because techniques are things that we do within the phases of the ADM and and and. The previous token 9.2 had uh, nine uh, techniques listed down in the guidelines and techniques section, which remain nine. 
um, which remain nine and haven't changed much. I'll be giving an exam uh, one of these days. So my next podcast would be about the exam, about my experience of the you know examination software and and so on and so forth. So how how did my examination go and what I felt about the whole environment and everything. Uh, and people who are aspiring to become TOGAF 10, I hope it helps them out, all this information that I'm providing. And and uh, and watch out for my next episode. Now, I have found one interesting visitor, interesting guest to my Enterprise Architecture podcast, and I will be recording a session very soon with him. And I hope you enjoy that session. That session will be a little longer than my usual 10 to 15 minutes episodes and I hope you enjoy that and uh, watch out for my episodes. That's all I have for you today, folks. I hope you enjoyed the show. More about organizational agility, innovation, and enterprise architecture in the practical world, in the business, right here on the show. But before I end the show, I want you to help me out with this one little thing. Pause the show and share this podcast via WhatsApp or a text message with just one person who might be interested in these topics. It could be anyone, your colleague, your boss, someone in your team. That's all I want. Just one share with one message via text or WhatsApp or what have you. And it would go a long way in supporting us and growing our listener base. Also, please don't forget to follow the podcast. That way, you'll get notified when we publish a new episode. If you want to find out more about us, you can visit us at enterprisearchitectureradio.com. If you have ideas, thoughts, disagreements, please feel free to write to me directly. We also have a Telegram group if you'd like to contribute to the EA discussions or whatever. Uh, just search for Enterprise Architecture Radio on Telegram. Or the URL to join the group is https colon slash slash t.me slash enterprisearchitectureradio. While our contact details are there in the show notes, it's very easy to find us, really. Uh, just search for Enterprise Architecture Radio anywhere. Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, YouTube, Clubhouse, anywhere. And you'll find a way to get in touch with us. Once again, I hope you had fun, and I'll see you in the next one.